0: In the tradition of heavyweights and dodgeball, today's gym set comedy, The Deep Burn, balances silliness and heart in a wonderful script. So stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome <laughs> to the Unproduced Table we're here on the Popcorn Talk Network. You're hearing Physical by Libby Newton-John, uh, yeah, a classic, we are. because we're reading an 80s set gym set comedy called The Deep Burn, written by Jerry Landry. Who we have here
2: Woo! in studio. Thank you very much for having me on.
0: Thanks for being here. We're really excited. Um, so guys, if this is your first time tuning in, this is a show called The Unproduced Table Read, where we read Hollywood's hottest unproduced pilots and features, and we're so excited about today's sitcom, The Deep Burn. Um, Jerry, I guess normally I wait, but I want to have you introduce the script, introduce yourself, and kind of talk about the world we're entering right now before okay. we dive in.
3: Uh, so The Deep Burn is a period piece set in 1985, and it's, a, it's about a lot of things, but if we can focus on the main character, Mac Bradley, it's about a bodybuilder who was basically the Arnold Schwarzenegger of this universe and until something terrible happened that we'll see in the cold open. And now he's battling basically his own narcissism, but also his will to shine and to leave a legacy behind by starting Bradley Fitness from the ground up in the pursuit to be possibly the next Gold's Gym. Great. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess a good way you could put this is kind of like a parallel ver- universe to what we saw going on in Venice Beach in the late 70s and early mm. 80s mm. without borrowing too much from that.
0: Cool. So. Um, very interesting. And, uh, of course, to read it, we have a group of amazing actors that I would love to introduce themselves right now, where they can find you on social media, and who you'll be playing in today's pilot. All
1: right. Uh, I'm Andrew Guy. You guys can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. And today, I get the honor of reading Mac Bradley.
4: Hey guys, my name is Lindsay Wagner. You guys can find me on all things social media at Lindsay Wagner, and today I'm reading as Sam.
5: <laughs> what's up, everybody? Um, you can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike. I am Timothy Michael. Um, I am reading Louie and Lyle.
2: Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Sheldon White. You can find me on all social media at Sheldon White2, and I'll be reading the roles of Hank and Randy.
6: Hey, I'm Haley O'Connor on Twitter at Haley O'Connor, and today I'm reading Marge, Cindy, and Brenda.
0: Um cool. I guess we've introduced a script, so I guess we might as well get right into it, guys. Um as mentioned, this is a pilot called the Un or er, <laughs> a pilot called the Upper Paper. A pilot called the Deep Burn, and uh we're gonna get right into it now. Oh, and by the way, I'm gonna be acting today. Normally I just read action. Ooh. Dun, dun, dun. But I'll be playing Ken as well. Get and the Oscar <laughs> There <know>. we go. <laughs> I'm planning on winning my Emmy today, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Alright, guys, this is the Deep Burn. If I can find the page. Cold open. Interior auditorium main stage day. Bronze beefcakes flex and curl for a crowd, unabashed in their bikini underwear, their terrace muscles rippling at the same frequency as the banner above them, welcoming us to Mr. Galaxy 1979. A lone bodybuilder steps forward and accepts a massive trophy from a meek judge as photobulbs flash across the arena, followed by the mass shaking of Polaroids. The crowd of bodybuilding fanboys pays no attention to the sullen Mac Bradley as he peers into his greasy orange hands upon a tiny tin cup. Mr. Galaxy, first runner-up. Interior Bradley Fitness, weight room night. Fluorescent lights flicker over a dungeon of weights as Mac's traps blast out of his tank top, pumping preacher curls, lat pulldowns, and front squats to failure. Interior Bradley (laughs) Bradley Fitness, back office night. Mac opens a desk drawer and retrieves a vial of Dinable from a scattered pile of pills. He draws the creamy liquid into a syringe and primes the needle. Pulling his already short shorts past mid-thigh, Mac plunges the needle deep into his flesh. A clock on the wall pushes past three as Mac pushes out the door, shoving past a bodybuilding poster with the tag, Glory is Eternal. Interior Bradley Fitness, Aerobic Studio Night. Mac jumps rope with a scowl, pushing his RPMs past the red interior bradley fitness weight room night mac boards a spartan bench clapping a cloud of chalk before heaving up a barbell maxed with plates finishing his set with a primal roar interior auditorium main stage day glistening beefcakes flex on the similar on the familiar shadowy stage and max soaks up the spotlight his focus unparalleled his tan flawlessly hued chiron june 1980 Mac lifts his mammoth arms, gritting an alpha dog smile as a judge steps up to him, dollying a towering trophy that Mac lifts away with one hand. The judge turns and addresses the cheering crowd. Your 1980 Mr. Galaxy! As Mac unleashes another primal roar, hoisting the trophy to its apex, glaring upon the captive crowd as photobulbs flash and his eyes roll back into his skull gasps pierce the arena as Mac crumbles to the stage, his trophy shattering into a hundred cheaply made pieces. End. cold open. <clears throat> Act 1. Interior Bradley Fitness back off his day. Shoulder fat spills over the back of a tank top as a rotund man hunches over a desktop bowl of white candies. Chiron, April 1985. Adjusting his hulking back belt, the rotund man swoops in for another scoop right as rock-hard fists pound the table. You're eating breath mints.
5: Sorry, Mac. Roid munchies, you know what it's like.
0: Not anymore. We reveal Mac Bradley, now 35, no longer as tan, but nearly as superhuman, as he takes a seat behind a desk now devoted to paperwork. The rotund man, Louis Strickland, 33, straightens the bowl
1: along with his back belt. This
5: diet you put me on is making me irritable, man.
1: No, that's the roids can put you on, which also don't work if you're not exercising.
5: Hmm, that's interesting.
0: Louis watches his chest as he flexes, alternating man boobs. How about your uh, core?
1: the fuck's a core? You don't do any of your movements properly, and that's why you have that belly, breast, and ass of an expectant mother.
5: (laughs) Screw you. I'm built like Mike Singletary.
0: You're gonna die soon. (laughs) Louis digests these words, wheels turning
5: You're just saying that?
0: As Max sits back in his chair, bracing for fallout
5: Because you want me to turn this around
0: Louis cradles his gut, turning determined
5: Well, I'm gonna put beef to the bench and prove you proud, Mac Bradley You fucking watch me
0: Louis swipes a handful of mints and exits yeah. Max sighs and swivels to the back wall Eyeing a photo plaque of 1980 Mr. Galaxy An 8x10 of a juggernaut at his pinnacle Taken moments before disaster
1: Roy, right, munchies Asshole.
0: Interior Bradley Fitness front counter day. A petite mustachioed man walks wafts past a formica counter, delicately presenting his gym ID. Lyle Rifkin, EXP three eighty six. Hank Arellan, Hank Arelano <laughs> Arellano. Arellano. Hank Arellano, <laughs> twenty-four, runs the gym's entrance. La- La- <laughs> I'm going to take this whole sentence again. <laughs> Hank Arellano, 24, runs the gym's entrance, lacoste sleeves folded over his fratty biceps, chewing on a straw as he eyes Lyle's card with instantaneous scrutiny.
2: Enjoy your workout, Lyle.
0: Lyle nods and gears his gentle frame toward the weight room, entering into a world of behemoths. Interior Bradley Fitness, Weight Room Day. Nylon-coated cables piston through the air tugging time-worn weight plates as Lyle shifts his gaze to the wavy-haired Marge Bradley, 23, bounding on a treadmill. Grunts, groans, and the relief of sets completed to failure fill this Joe Wider utopia as Lyle meets Marge's eyes for a brief, trembling moment. Lyle awkwardly pivots to the dumbbell rack, squeezing in between bodybuilders, hoping to unseat a pair of 50-pounders. Lyle sets his grip and pulls, but the weights won't budge. He checks back to Marge and moves along to the 35-pounders. Those won't budge either. Interior Bradley Fitness front counter continuous. Louis parades up to the counter, a black belt still choking his cannonball belly as Hank happily intercepts him.
2: Beef City! Population, Lou. Check me in, Scrub. Louis plops his
0: membership card on the counter. Louis Strickland, expiration 286. Hank scans the card with a meticulous eye, giving Louis the unnecessary third degree.
2: This ain't you. Shut up, Louis. Maybe this is the person inside of you. Have you eaten anyone today?
0: Hank smiles, gesturing with the
2: card. You know what? I'll let you in now, but if we don't find the man on this card within 24 hours.
0: Louis rips the card from Hank and treks angrily into the gym. Fucking dickhead. Fucking caterpillar. <laughs> Interior Bradley Fitness weight room continuous. Louis rides his rage to the dumbbell rack, spotting Lyle as he struggles with four-pound front raises.
5: Shit, they got four-pound dumbbells now? Mm-huh. Are you seriously straining? Those weights weigh less than my empty balls, Latch onto some real iron.
0: Louis rips two 55-pound dumbbells from the rack, rocking out curls with terrible form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Louis finishes his set, dropping the weights to the floor with a thud. Ugh.
5: I think Marge looked at me.
0: Lyle, <laughs> Lyle carefully racks his weights, eyeing Marge as Louis turns in, into him and taunts, "Come get some!" and snapping Lyle from his Marge-induced daze.
5: Huh? Oh, sorry, Lou. I I, I don't want any. What? You you asked me to come get some, but I'm not sure if I, I want any of that. That's not what it means, Dick. Oh, what, what does it mean?
0: Louis cocks his head, scanning for subtext. Are you fucking with me? Louis steps into Lyle, towering over him. Get bent, Jim bitch. Louis jolts his shoulders into Lyle's, then tears off for the pec deck. Lyle deflates, narrowly relieved of an ass kicking. Louis mounts the pec deck, slamming the weight pin into the bottom of the stack and powering the handles forward. His back flying off the bench with every rep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Interior of Bradley Fitness Aerobic Studio Day. Leg warmers and spandex trim the toned calves of jazzercizers as they stepped the studio floor, exerting to the rhythm of their instructor, Cindy, 30s, and her big 80s hair.
6: Three... And two. And done.
0: <laughs> Up-tempo electronica comes to a crescendo as Cindy wraps up her routine.
6: Great work once again, ladies. Now, before we quit, I'd like to have just a second of your time.
0: Samantha Interno, 28, as serious as you can be in lavender leg warmers, narrows her focus as Cindy from the front row. An adjacent sizer, Brenda, 26, whispers out.
6: This is it, Sam. Fingers crossed worked so hard for this. I have. You deserve this. I hope so. This is all you've ever wanted. Okay, God, okay, shut the hell up, Brenda.
0: Cindy removes her headband continuing to address the class.
6: For those who don't already know, my husband and I will be moving to Detroit, Michigan. The city is really making a comeback.
0: (laughs) Ooh, Ooh, the class ad lives oohs and ahs.
6: And I will miss all of you. It goes without saying that I've appreciated every moment as your appointed instructor. And now... I must appoint a new instructor.
0: Cindy chokes up as she takes in her class one last time.
6: Holy goddamn shit, I can't take it. Uh, Brenda, don't make me unappreciate my time with you. Oh, sorry, Cindy. Now, Mac and I discussed this at length, and I must say we are delighted with our choice. There really is nobody better or more appropriate for the role than this guy. Guy? Guy?
2: And I'm one sassy bitch.
6: (laughs) Holy crap, is that Randy Sanders?
0: (laughs) Brenda gasps as Randy Sanders, 36, a white man with a snazzy tank top and afro perm, crosses to the front of the studio. Although ostensibly not in shape, Randy is light on his feet.
4: But Cindy, I was your jazzer admiral. You're second in command.
0: Randy expands into Sam's space, centering her in gruff tones. How irrelevant. Sam leans back as Randy twirls to the front, subliming back into a jubilant effeminate man, taking control of the room. Would you ladies like a little taste?
2: (laughs) The class minus Sam shrieks with excitement. I call this one the Manhattan equine. Be careful. It's experimental.
6: (laughs) Oh, my slutty Jesus, the Manhattan equine.
0: (laughs) Randy shoots his arm into the air like a cowboy breaking a bronco, yawning his hips and skipping across the studio, emoting with every flailing part of his body.
2: I'm a horsey. I'm a horsey. Where's my saddle? I don't have one.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The class excitedly follows Randy's lead, leaving Sam isolated in the middle as they foolishly gallop around her. Interior Bradley Fitness back office day. A thin smile cracks Max crisp jawline as he looks upon his 1980 Mr. Galaxy photo plaque with revelry. Off screen a bodybuilder sings Springsteen's Glory Days Glory Days in the wink of a young girl's eye Glory Days (laughs) Max spins to find Kenneth Klein, 31 folding his aviator shades into a jean jacket that does little to hide his Herculean physique Those days are long gone Feel free to lament, bud, but I still don't see why you're pooping out on the qualifier Again Ken sheds his
1: jacket, laying it on a stack of boxes. Because bodybuilding's a young man's game, and I'm a 35-year-old dinosaur.
0: Yeah, a sleeping dragon.
1: Dragons are not dinosaurs. Sure they are. Dragons aren't even real. Yeah, sure
0: they are, and who better to help wake the beast? Ken nods to the plaque, and if you look closely, there he is, standing over Mac's left shoulder, the ripped runner-up.
1: Yeah, it's like,
0: let's make that mistake again. (laughs) Again with the heart attack. Pulmonary embolism. See, it was just a pulmonary emblemism. Emblemism. And what was that, like 10 years ago? Embolism. <clears throat> and the
1: plaque says 1980, 85 minus 80 that's, that's five years, Ken Five years without anything going wrong Oh, on every single doctor said no Unless I want swift suicide Well, what if
0: the doctors are wrong? All of them Ken pulls out some pills, checks the clock And downs them You were an animal You could have won in 81 You could have easily won in 82 Fucking Phil Jansen Remember how hairy he was? Ken pulls up his gym shorts Sliding a needle into his thigh But you gave all that up And now you're living with the regret that nobody will ever remember you. Ken rubs Max Mr. Galaxy trophy crudely glued together, standing in a corner of the office like a golden houseplant. And it might just haunt you forever. Max stares at the trophy, lost, until focusing back on Ken. I don't regret
1: anything, except maybe this conversation that we're having right now.
0: Yeah, because that's what I walked in on, you not regretting anything from your past. Why did you walk in here, Ken? (laughs) Louis not racking his weights again. Hey, you're looking a little paunchy.
1: <clears throat> I am not.
0: And pale. But think about it. Hey, at least start working out again. Maybe you could do it running clean. <laughs> Ken chuckles as he exits, leaving his jacket behind and leaving Max stewing, picking at his spare tire. <sighs> Shut up, Ken. <laughs> Max shakes it off and dives back into his paperwork just as Sam storms
4: in. Randy Sanders? Are you shitting me?
0: Max slides a VCR cassette sleeve across the desk. It features Randy in a powdered wagon tank top titled Sweatin' It to Sheet
1: Music. The man has videos, I thought you'd be elated.
4: I'd be elated if you would have given your girlfriend a seat at the goddamn table. I wanted that job, Mac. You know that.
1: And someday it'll be yours, but this is a huge step in the black for us. We, we just landed the chosen one.
0: Mac slides across another VHS cover, featuring Randy dressed as Jazzercise Jesus, leading a studio of 12 Disciples.
4: Show me one more goddamn video. I only have two videos.
0: Sam twists <laughs> in a huff, reaching for the back door. Look, Sam, if you want to talk, let's talk, but no more of this getting mad at me bullshit. Sam exits, slamming the door behind her, sliding Mac's plaque askew. Leave it open. Mac pushes away from his desk, frustrated as he aligns his plaque back on the wall. He talks to it, mimicking a conversation with Sam.
1: Hey, what do you think if we tried getting into Mr. Galaxy again, huh? One last hurrah. Sighing as he continues. I know, Sam, you said that if I ever did steroids again, you'd leave me. Well, you mostly relied on the phrase chemical castration, but look, hear me out. Mac spins around, looking past his
0: desk and spotting Ken's jean jacket lying on the floor.
1: What if this time I did it running clean? Nobody runs clean at these things. Like, Think the plus publicity the gym would get. First Randy freaking Sanders, and now this. We'd be the next Golds. Maybe something more.
0: Mac eyes his trophy, which we now see is sitting in front of the bodybuilding poster from the cold open. With the tag, glory is eternal.
1: <laughs> that is so refreshing to hear. I, I, I just knew you'd be so cool about this, and then it wouldn't tear a fabric of our whole relationship.
0: Mac with- <laughs> opens his desk drawer, long emptied of roids and pills, his brow furrowing over a lone... Velvet engagement ring box. What are we, Sam? End of Act One. Act two. Interior Bradley Fitness Treadmill Area Day. The gyms run at the gym runs at smooth capacity as Lyle approaches the treadmills, a Sony Walkman clipped to his waist, stopping as he nervously focuses on Marge, still striding on a treadmill. Lyle flattens his mustache, tweaks his foamy headphones, and takes a deep breath. Exhaling as he rapidly unclips the Walkman from his waist, he pulls a pair of AA's of double A's from his compartment and sneaks them into his gym shorts pocket. He glances to Marge again, announcing with faux sincerity,
5: "Oh, rats!"
0: <laughs> but Marge keeps running, undeterred as Lyle breathes deeper, moving closer, trying to engage, it, trying to engage Marge's peripheral, leaning in as he finally catches Marge's eyes.
5: "It's Lyle, right?" "No, no, it isn't." So "Sorry, I, I meant Marge, right?" "Nope, sorry." What?
6: Oh, no. I'm... Bye.
0: <laughs> Marge removes her headphones, mounting her feet on the runners as Lyle runs to walk away.
6: <laughs> I'm joking. What's up, Lyle? Is it? Uh,
5: I, I, really, I really don't mean to bother you, but, but this thing is spanking new and, and I forgot to put any batteries in this morning.
0: Lyle glances at her treadmill monitor, 14 miles. Jesus.
5: Wow, you are really dedicated i don't think i could ever run that far without ever going anywhere
0: across the gym louis grunts out cable flies as he spots lyle and marge misinterpreting the vibe as he releases the handles letting the cables whip back into the housing
5: the hell you do gym bitch
0: louis hulks out the gym heading for the front counter moving behind the formica and brushing
2: past hank i threw the cheese plate out this morning why are you back
0: (laughs) no time louis shushes hank puts a pa mic to his lips Interior Bradley Fitness treadmill area continuous, and Lyle stumbles through the small talk as Marge hears him out.
5: Uh, (coughs) Lyle Rifkin, please come to the front counter. Your mom is here and she has your diarrhea medicine.
0: (laughs) A couple laughs leak over the PA. Interior front counter, Hank giggles as he grabs the mic. Interior treadmill area, Marge stares at the loudspeaker as Lyle goes through several iterations of shrugging it off. (laughs)
2: Lyle, this is your dad. I'm standing next to your mother, and well, uh... You're going to crap your drawers, son. (laughs) I worry about my little tiger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) More giggles crackle through the PA as Marge turns to Lyle.
6: I think I have some double A's in my locker.
0: Lyle stands embarrassed as Marge puts a hand on his arm.
6: You want to meet me in the lobby?
0: Oh, God, yes.
6: Uh, I I mean, yeah, sure, let's do it.
0: (laughs) Marge heads toward the exit as Lyle stands back, frozen in awe. She stops, calling back to him.
6: I'm not going to take that long.
0: Lyle shakes his head and jogs up to Marge, exiting with her side by side. Interior front counter... Marge moves past and Lyle hangs back by the counter where Louis stands steaming as Hank pats Lyle on the back. Look at you, Lyle style! <laughs> Lyle, sheepish, Lyle sheepishly smiles, trying not to throw up. When she comes out, get her number. <laughs> Exterior Bradley Fitness Day Sam sits on the front steps, dragging on a cigarette. Put that out!
4: Please don't order me around. Not out here.
0: Randy rips away the SIG, stomping it out with his high tops.
4: It's like you're actively trying to be the biggest problem in my life right now.
2: Oh, so someone shows you that they have a backbone and you immediately lose yours? Apparently. What are you? Some goddamn panda? Lying around, sucking on bamboo shoots, licking your asshole, and bowing to extinction unless someone else takes care of you?
4: Jesus, can't I be sad for just one second? Does everybody in your world have to be so fucking bubbly? Sure.
2: Happy, pissed, depressed, whatever. You can't always control that, but you can always oversee your effort. And right now, you're a goddamn ass licking panda. (laughs) Sam lights another cigarette and Randy slaps it away.
4: Hey, screw you. This is how I cope, so let me cope.
2: Wow, I envy your character, forged by endless adversity. <laughs>
4: Are you done patronizing me?
2: Not until you learn how to ask for help. You think I built my empire by being so rigid and reclusive?
4: Your empire?
0: Sam looks ahead as a camera crew moves up the steps.
2: Right this way, boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Interior front counter continuous. Louis and Hank stand behind the counter across from Lyle, awaiting Marge's return. Dweeps <laughs> through chicken shit.
2: It's just butterflies because he wants to plow her.
0: (laughs) Hank rubs Lyle's shoulders trying to motivate him. Just let go and let Lyle.
5: I know he won't step up to the plate because he doesn't want her bad enough. Louie lifts
0: a hefty leg over the half-door, crossing over to Lyle's side of the counter.
5: I'm gonna tell this story at our wedding.
0: Louie unbuckles his black belt. He pulls on his mesh shorts, aims, and begins peeing on Lyle, (laughs) dousing his t-shirt and dolphin shorts, spraying his striped tube socks. Oh, fucking Christ, Lou! Lyle twists away from the spray, but Louie's aim is dead-eye.
5: What are you gonna do, tell I peed on you? (laughs) She'll think you're crazy. Lyle borders on tears as he steps away
0: in soiled clothes.
5: Good luck getting that number drenched in cloudy piss. Oh, oh, God. Get bent, Louie. Can't you see I'm already up bent, Lyle?
0: Why does it have to smell like oatmeal? (laughs) Louie pulls up his shorts, wiping his hands as he sidesteps back toward the counter. Writing
2: under the wire.
0: Randy and the camera crew file through, heading into the fitness center as Sam lags behind. She stops for a moment to assess the counter situation.
4: One of you two needs to switch from taking baths to taking showers.
0: <laughs> Sam enters the gym as Lyle glances towards the women's locker room, then bolts for the men.
2: Yeah, run away, you little gym bitch. You are one gritty piece of shit.
5: The <laughs> girl really has a hold on me.
2: Neither of you have a shot with Mac's sister, but I desperately want this rivalry to continue. Uh, hi, Marge. Louis pops around, pleasantly surprised, to see Marge. Hey, Margie.
6: Sorry, I had to use the restroom. Properly. Where'd Lyle go?
5: Oh, oh, he had to go to see his mom. You must have had your Walkman on when they, must, they made the announcement. Marge hands the batteries to Hank.
6: Make sure he gets these? Thanks. And, Lou, I didn't have my Walkman on when you tried to humiliate Lyle like an insecure little bitch, but now I do.
0: Marge puts her headphones on and struts back into the
5: gym. Yep, a little too late to turn back now.
6: <laughs> she wants me.
5: No,
2: she doesn't. You are hideous throughout. (laughs) Louie reaches into his mesh shorts,
0: pulling out a wallet. He opens it and hands Hank a worn picture.
2: Holy shit. You carry your wallet with you into the gym? (laughs) It's a billfold. And that's my ex-wife. Okay. She's not bad. But wow, Lou, you were still really fucking fat.
5: (laughs) Didn't matter. Still got the girl. Because unlike my yarn soaked adversary, I know how to play the game.
2: Uh Uh-huh. So was it game over when your wife left you? Nah, she left life
5: ovarian cancer.
2: Damn. I'm sorry.
5: Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't be such a dick to me all the time, and maybe I need someone just a little more than Lyle.
0: Hank stares at the pick, peeling back a layer of Louie's life. So much so that you're willing to pee on another man
2: outside the bedroom.
0: (laughs) Interior Bradley Fitness, back office day. Max shuts his desk drawer as his office door wriggles open. Lyle squeaks through, draped in a black
5: trash bag. Hey, 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 Mac.
1: Hey, buddy, what's going on?
5: I want to talk to you about something.
1: Uh, yeah, what's with the hefty?
5: Oh, uh, actually, it's a a glad.
1: (laughs) You've always been different, Lyle.
5: I I know, and I'm sick of it. I want to make some changes. Max sits back and nods, giving Lyle his full attention. I want to start taking anabolic steroids. (laughs)
0: End act two. Act three, Interior Bradley Fitness Aerobic Studio Day. A poppy 80s mainstay pumps from the speakers as Randy prances across the floor, leaping and landing on his side, posing like a senior photo as the camera crew captures it all. Randy scissors his leg, chirping commands into his headset.
2: That's it. Five and four. And let's torch that tushy. (laughs)
0: Samantha looks on from off camera as Randy hops to his feet, softly opening his arms as he exhales to the ceiling. And three and two and one. And you did it! Great job, everyone! The red light on the camera flicks off as Randy removes his headset. He crosses to the lead cameraman and retrieves a fresh cassette from his shoulder-mounted camera.
2: And great job, crew! Thank you all again
0: so very much. <laughs> Randy pulls back. Randy pulls a sweaty stack of 20s from his shorts, handing it to the boom mic guy. The crew exits as Sam approaches Randy.
4: The film crew accompany you often?
0: They help me see what my audience sees. (laughs) Randy disappears into a back closet, emerging seconds later with an A.V. cart. He wheels the plugged-in cart against a wall and pops the cassette into the VCR, pressing rewind. Let's just get to channel three. Here. A blue TV screen yields to parallel bars of snow. Randy adjusts the tracking and pulls the clipboard off the cart.
2: Now, you may criticize me. Seriously, really nail me to the cross.
4: (laughs) Really? Are you sure?
2: No. I changed my mind. (laughs) because I'm just a weak little weenie with a dainty little ego.
4: Fine. It's your perm. I've hated it since I first saw you. It's dry, flaky, and dull.
2: Okay, well, bullshit.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> use Paul Mitchell.
4: But what do you condition it with?
0: Sam palpitates Andre's. F- Sam palpates Randy's fro, rubbing her dry fingers together. Do you see this friction? <laughs> Sam points to the TV.
4: And that lack of sheen? Oh, no.
0: You're right. <gasps> Dear god.
4: Totally an easy fix. In 2 days your hair will be lush. But but if my hair comes
2: across as too shiny, too pretty, won't people start thinking I'm, you know, gay?
4: Start thinking?
2: <laughs> Randy tenses, resharpening his edge. Uh, did you assume I was a homosexual?
4: Didn't think it was much of an assumption. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry, but I like girls. That's why I do this for all the hot, sexy, top-heavy babes.
4: It's okay to be gay, Randy.
2: Really? It's okay. Reagan thinks I gave everyone AIDS
4: Look, I get it No, you don't
2: (laughs) Even if I were gay Do you have any idea what happens to someone who comes out? Their friends support them? Their friends leave them Forget what they say It's what people do that hurts People who have absolutely no idea who the hell you even are Suddenly condemn you I can act as free as a fairy But once I'm outed as gay Once that's made public I'd be off those video store shelves in a second
4: You've been battling this for a long time. No,
2: I've been battling to build my brand. That's the war I can win. Randy returns to the video,
0: critiquing with cold analysis. Interior Bradley Fitness back office day. Max sits back in his chair while Lyle leans forward in his, a therapy session fostered across
1: the desk. Sam and I are doing well, Lyle, because this is what we should be talking about. Because those are the questions you should be asking.
5: Sam's a great girl, but I doubt she'd be with you if you weren't such a beef castle. Look,
1: I was born with this frame, and steroids have only acted in tearing it down.
5: I would kill for just one of your forearms. Look at those veins. Yeah, but my balls are tiny, Lyle. Do you want tiny, perhaps comical balls? It can't all be roses. Look, if you saw
1: how small and funny they were, you would that convince you to not take steroids? Shit, I'm not sure if I can even find them. Lou already showed me his dick. Look, my liver hurts <laughs> chronically. You know that the liver is the biggest internal organ of the human body? Mac grabs at his chest, rubbing his sternum. And every stinging bout of acute pain makes me think, this is it, it's all over, even though I stopped taking that shit five years ago.
5: Well, well, well my heart hurts for being such a... a- gym bitch. You're not a
1: gym bitch. No,
5: no, Louie's right. I'm just a chicken shit dweeb that everyone pisses on, but those (laughs) days are done, because I'm getting stories from someone. If not you, then definitely from Ken. Look, Lyle, listen.
1: Juicing is not the answer. Do you even know what Ken is really like? Interior apartment bedroom night. A dimly
0: lit bedroom sits in disarray, cluttered with sweat-drenched tank tops and spent cocaine trails. Ken sits on his bed, naked and alone. He primes a needle and guides it deep into his brawny thigh. That's it. Yes. He plucks the needle out and discards it into a trash bin, overflowing with syringes. Ken leaves from the bed and crosses it to a full-length mirror, flexing and growing euphoric at the sight of himself. Fuck yeah, Ken Klein. Fuck yeah. (laughs) His frenzy swells as he locks eyes on the man in the mirror. Reaching down, he caresses below the waist. "'Rubbing slowly at first, then spiking the intensity. "'That's it. Yeah. Take it. Take it. Let's get fucking hard.' "'Ken pumps harder, faster, but then looks down and stops. "'No. Why? God damn it! Why? Fucking god damn it!' "'Ken slumps, then lashes out at the mirror, "'pummeling it with his fist, sending shards of glass across the room. "'Ken breathes fast and full, "'bending over to pick up a sickle-shaped shard with his bloodied hand, hand "'holding it out to his neck, about to swipe.'
1: Resume Lyle and Mac.
5: How do you know he pledges himself in front of a mirror?
1: (laughs) Look, he's so goddamn vain, I just connected the dots. But that's not the point. The point, Lyle, and this never leaves this room, is that the suicide attempts were real. He told me. He told me while he cried on my shoulder uncontrollably.
5: My goodness.
1: Don't go down that road, Lyle. Learn from our mistakes. If you have to, take a protein powder, chocolate, maybe vanilla, but never strawberry.
5: (laughs) Wow. Maybe I just needed to vent.
1: Hey, any time, buddy. My door is always open. At least, figuratively.
5: <laughs> well, I'm going to get out of this trash bag. That's a good idea. And I'm sorry about the Sam comment. I was just blowing off steam. She'd be by your side even if you weren't a beef castle. Thanks,
0: Lyle. Lyle exits as Max swivels back in his chair, shaking his head as he resumes paperwork. Mac looks upon that old photo plaque once again, basking under it as he swivels to see its accompanying trophy. Sam
1: Bradley. Samantha Bradley. Samantha Intero
0: Bradley? Mac bends down and rips open his desk drawer to find the engagement ring box, just as a faded vial of Diane Bull rolls in from the back and abuts it. Mac peers upon the box and the bottle, taking a crucial moment to contrast before swiping the ring box and pushing out the door. Interior jewelry store, day. The glass door to a jewelry store pushes open and the chime startles Mac as he waits behind a display case. A male jeweler, 50s, appraises Mac's ring behind the large rose tinted glasses.
5: I guess that, right? Should be able to resize this, no problem.
1: Oh, that's great. Putting this off for almost a little too long. Interior Bradley Fitness,
0: outdoor Mac's office, day. Sam walks up to the door jam, putting her back against the wall as she gives the frame a gentle knock.
4: Hey babe, I just wanted to come by and say that I was totally out of-
0: Interior Mac's office. Sam peeks around the corner. Mac is gone. Babe? She looks to his desk, amused by its clutter. Sam approaches the front of the desk and begins sorting papers, shaking her head and smiling as she tidies Mac's busy workspace, carefully placing the Randy Sanders VHS cassettes back in their shelves. She moves around the desk door to rearrange the candy bowl, bumping into the open drawer. Looking down, Sam's smile dies as she spots the vial of Diana Bowl. Title, The Deep Burn, End Pilot. Woo! Interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jerry, I was interested in this pilot, and the reason I chose it for the show was because of its kind of mix of tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what's it's you know, it doesn't exactly read like a uh, conventional single cam sitcom. But I feel like this kind of pilot exists much more, like, apparently in the world of streaming than it used to in the last kind of five, six years. Can you kind of talk about what you're kind of going for tonally, or at least speak to your approach to tone in this pilot?
3: I mean, it's a, it's a constantly iterative process, and I, I feel like maybe I will have to choose, like, this road is forking, and I may have to choose a lane.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, but I guess what I'm going for is, I, I think a good show is something that can make you laugh, make you cry, like, make you feel everything. Mm-hmm. Like, How I Met Your Mother, yeah. uh, for example. <laughs> Um, especially if you binge watch it on right. a streaming platform, yeah. um, like that episode where Marshall's dad died, that was powerful. Yeah, and so I think if you can be evocative, the the comedy will come out naturally, the drama will come out naturally. But it's it's basically just sending that powerful message. It's basically it's, you kind of want to influence your audience a bit, and you can tell them stories um, that they should listen to. But it's up to you as the writer to be evocative and to. Uh, make something worthy of their interest. So,
0: yeah, and I do feel like you're trying to create something kind of bingey here. Like it is mm-hmm. funny because like this does when you read a network sitcom, it kind of has that like clean, like this was fun and you want to create a will they won't they like you did with Sam and um Hank, Mac, sorry, with Sam yeah. and Mac. But are you kind of it's more sort of more serialized than it is episodic? Yes,
3: yes. Can you um, can you speak to that a little bit? I can. Um so it's going to be about Max's journey um, He also has a will they, won't they with bodybuilding because he's 35, Mm -hmm. he's kind of at the back end of his prime, but he's still somewhere within his prime. Um, So that hopefully will raise the stakes of this story. That and his love story with Sam, which will be also ongoing. Yeah. Um, And I don't know if you guys read the series Bible or not, but um, there are some flashbacks to their earlier courtship and Mac also, he tried to propose to Sam before. Um, And I know maybe I should probably try to figure out how to incorporate that incorporate that to the pilot, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to waste any space on the page, so. It's
0: the tough thing with comedy, right? you got 30 mm-hmm. pages to yeah, get it yeah. done.
3: Um, um, sorry, th-
5: not to interrupt, but speaking of just the pilot, I mean, you hit on so many like, aid, like, like mm-hmm. 80s-related yeah. issues, yeah. AIDS, gays in the closet, you know, um, steroids, steroids, even pandas going extinct. I mean, you <laughs> hit <laughs> <laughs> so many like, <laughs> issues. Did you always want to have all of that in the pilot, or did you want to grab I'll, I'll, like a, a myriad of, of demographics into the pilot.
3: The latter. Like, I wanted to be cognizant of what was going on at the time just to make sure. Because, I mean, you need that verisimilitude. Like, you need, like, Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, I'm my, I've watched it for the second time and I cannot get over how real it feels. And I think that's, you have to have that. If you don't have that, then, I mean, there's some parts that I need to improve on the pilot where it gets a little off tone. Um, but, I mean, like I said, it's an iterative process. But I, I've been through a lot of drafts with this and I added in a little thing, like, the Panda thing. Um, I didn't even realize it until I did a, another revision, and I was like, oh, wow, this was a big issue at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah.
1: What, uh, what made you choose the world that you did? Like, mm. were you just a huge fan of, uh, did you grow up here? Or did you just love Pumping Iron? Were you a big so, <laughs> fan fan? Like, I, I,
3: I, I did have the Joe Weider uh, manual when I was younger, but my bro-in-law gave me a lot of crap for it because I was... I don't think I broke 160 pounds till after high school. Anyway, uh, that's a weird yeah, story. You 160 pounds but, uh, in seventh grade. So. <laughs> but uh, really, actually the biggest thing what made me want to write this play, well, what, like, I, I, lo- I, lo- I love to write. And what started this idea was I worked in a fitness center back in college at Michigan State University. And I can't remember what the inciting incident was, but I was talking to my boss at the time who had been there since the early 80s And I said something about like, oh, you notice like, um, the bigger guys are usually by like the dumbbell rack, and I wonder like maybe the dumbbells are, you know, it's like the secret to, you know, losing weight and putting on putting on mass. Not, I didn't. I hope I didn't say it that way to her. (laughs) And uh, but what really stuck with me, she goes, oh, you should have seen this back in the '80s. Like it was, there was a hierarchy. There was the people roiding out, and there was literal like monsters in the gym. Hmm. And if you were undersized and you went to take their bench or their weights. They would forcibly remove you from that, from that setting. I was like, wow, wow. wow. like it was a different world. Like, yeah. um, I mean, because you, I mean, I worked at the fitness center for about three years, and you, you kind of assume some people may on steroids. But she said, like in the '80s, it was they, it was, the, was, the
5: norm. Yeah, it was prevalent, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. ubiquitous.
3: Like, yeah. 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 So
0: I want to talk about that because you use steroids as a storytelling device, which is yeah. like such an interesting writerly technique. Can you kind of talk about... I'm sure that experience, like, that anecdote was kind of the inspiration mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, can you just kind of speak to, like, using something like a journey with steroids as a way to tell the story, not only with Mac, but,
3: like, with, like, Ken or any of the, like, Lyle's yeah. considering
0: mm-hmm. using? Like, can you speak to that a little
3: bit? I mean, because Lyle has obvious insecurities, and mm-hmm. he's tired of being low on the totem pole, especially especially when Louis, who is basically an overweight bodybuilder, um, who he does... Everything except put the work in. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes the steroids and he does his, He works out with awful form. So Lyle is sick of being down there. And also in the eighties, I mean, I don't want to get too political, but fear was always a great way to like, like the uh, the dare program. It was right. fear, like the Reagan. broken record thing. And it was like even marijuana is terrible. Like it's a gateway drug. So I feel like Matt kind of used that tactic with steroids because. I think it kind of shows that he doesn't believe that 100% because he was seriously considering what Ken had said. And he was looking at that Violet Dan- Diana ball and almost got, he got, almost got flooded with nostalgia. But then he decided at the last second that Sam was more important. Hmm. And uh, one, one common criticism of this script is that Mac is an inactive protagonist. But I kind of want to use that as a point because he's, I mean, he has a lot of work to do. Like he's now, he's a businessman now. He's not a bodybuilder right. yet. So he may appear inactive, but he's at that desk for a long time. And then when he actually takes action, that's when everything goes to goes to shit.
1: Like well, thing that's when the story really
3: starts. I think
1: about Mac, and like I want to talk to you about writing that. And that's funny that people say that, like that's a the criticism is that he's an inactive protagonist, but he's really the only grounded character mm-hmm. in the whole thing. It feels yes, like you know everyone else exactly. kind of acts in extremes. And I think it's really important. You know, like uh, I, when I walked in and talked to Jeff, I was like, this really reminds me a lot of just kind of like the feel of dodgeball. Just because everyone around him are these interesting characters, but, like, Peter LaFleur or Vince Vaughn is, like, mm-hmm. very... And, and even Mac is more pointed than him, I think. And is there, like, a reason why? Like, do you relate more to that? Or did you just think it was... It kind of grounded everyone around him? What was the, the purpose for writing that? I think like this, that?
3: the story needed a fulcrum. You have Louis on one end, yeah. and then you have all the good people on the other. <laughs> and, uh... But then, I, I mean, to make it more unpredictable is... You know, other characters have their own prerogatives. Like... Just because Mac thinks he's doing the right thing doesn't mean Sam's gonna see it that way. Yeah. And yeah, so that's um, the writer of Dodgeball. I think he did a great job of putting absurdity into into his comedy, which is I think is very tough to do mm-hmm. after trying and failing over and over again. <laughs> um, so that's that's like yeah, I can see that from the Dodgeball like angle, um, which is that's why I mean that's why it was made into a great movie.
1: Yeah, it also helps you really relate to the story, I think, when your protagonist is someone that you're just like, yeah, I totally get it. I don't know if I want to yeah. get married. I don't know, like, if I could do something to make me better in my career, but it would hurt me physically. Like, would I do it or not? You know, right. like, it's it's a very steroids are like a very interesting.
5: Yeah, him factor. being an inactive protagonist, I totally disagree with because yeah, I feel like I everybody it. everybody else revolves around Mac, and yeah. I feel like yeah. making Mac so. Um, not in the pilot just makes it mysterious and that just makes me want to watch more. Right. You know I mean? Yeah,
3: because you get a little bit of his history mm-hmm. and then you're going to get more I mean, the next That's episodes. what I noticed
4: in the show Bible reading about what happens between Sam and Hank and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, oh!
3: <gasps> yeah. Awesome.
4: <laughs> it was so exciting. I feel like we never ever, when we do these... For the most part, we never really get, like, the whole background story and what's really going on. Yeah. Yeah, and it was cool. really neat to be able to see the background and everything that you'd written, and I felt so much more connected to the character because I'm like, okay, I actually see what happens, like, a couple episodes down the road mm-hmm. and more of, like, a history.
3: Right. and Yeah, you just hope that your audience keeps the faith. Mm-hmm. And- sure. right, But...
0: It's such a, it's a very well-structured Bible, and that's actually another reason I brought this show on, is because we actually haven't talked about, much about Bibles on UTR yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk about structuring your show Bible specifically, and what you wanted to reveal in the pilot, and kind of what you didn't want to reveal in the pilot?
3: I think the biggest thing, especially with structure, is that you have to do what conveys the message you want to send, and the story you want to write, and, because there's a lot of talk about structure, like uh, interiors, exteriors, um don't use the word is don't use to be verbs right and I don't it I mean yeah it can it it can help you to avoid those common pitfalls but it's more about the story and it's more about being evocative like Mm -hmm. you need to um I think like the the more you write the better you get at expressing yourself as who you actually are and I'm trying to get there Mm -hmm. um but yeah back to the show bible um that's another thing that was probably I think that was the first show bible I've written and I mean I Thank God for the internet. I can see hundreds of show Bibles. And I go through there, and it's basically, you just need the message of the show. Uh, you need to give a good, like, good paragraph description of your characters, and then describe the future episodes. Mm-hmm. And I set out to do that. And um, it's kind of funny, because like, it's kind of like you outline your pilot, or you do like a rough treatment. And that's exactly what you're doing for those next episodes. You're just not writing an outline
5: form. Right.
3: So that's, I mean, kind of what I try to do. That's, I think this is the, that was the second revision of my Bible. So like I said, it's iterative, so I'll keep refining it and... Yeah.
5: I hope that whatever you write in the future you continue to, to make these very um, detailed Bibles because like Lindsay said they really do help actors really cool. mm-hmm. um, just grasp our characters and ground them and, and just knowing what has happened and what's going to happen it's just it really helps us so I thank you for including that well thank you for letting I me th- know I <laughs> feel like we're going to be really spoiled now yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: it's nice uh, I always ask this question and you kind of mentioned at the top of the show that you, there was things you wanted to change um, have you ever had this read before at a, at a table read?
3: I did on Twitch Table Reads, and okay. it was, that was fantastic oh. feedback, as, as this will be. Like, I was taking notes during the show. I hope that's fine. I yeah, no, that's okay. good. I was going to kick you out, but I decided to
1: stay. And so my follow-up to that is always, like, is there anything that you liked or didn't like? Any changes you want to make? Any questions for us? You know, things like that.
3: I think the biggest thing that I always see is that I need to make my lines more succinct. Like, I think once you, once you can really get going on a script is when you have what you want to say. Now it's just, how are you going to say it? Mm. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's why I see in the, all these revisions. And, I mean, just, just hearing you guys read the lines, like, thank you again for doing this. But that's where I really know, like, okay, this line needs to be more punchy. This line, you know, there's a little too much fat on this line. I need to trim that. Um, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Cool. Yeah, I
1: saw that I changed the lineup and I saw you make a mark and I was like I like
3: I was like that's better just make <laughs> sure
0: <laughs> just make sure you share writing credits <laughs> and exactly. by, yes, by yes. Jerry Landry <laughs> and Andrew Gatt. I thought you were going to Neil Simon me and charge me like 50 bucks <laughs> the, <draft>. no, <laughs> no, no.
3: Um,
0: the last thing I want to talk about is um, the character of Randy who I think is super interesting My <laughs> yeah. so, so fun so good. Yeah, he's um, good yeah. Is it's he? I'm reading. sure, like Richard Simmons is kind of an antecedent for Randy a little bit. Yeah,
3: and I want to avoid libel, so
0: he <laughs> no, made, it's, his okay. name it's might Not agree.
4: at all. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
3: um, yeah. he's definitely because I think Richard Simmons is one of the most um, beautiful personalities of the '80s. <laughs> like, if you really think about it, how he motivated so many people. And his just demeanor was just so out there. But I think that's what you had to be. I mean, because you're standing out against people that wear leg warmers and neon and teased hairdos. So you got to do something. And, <laughs> and But he, I mean, he was so sincere and genuine that it worked. And mm-hmm. so I felt like if it's 80s and there's aerobics and Richard Simmons is somehow not involved, then... You're you know. doing a crime. <laughs> right. Exactly, it's blasphemy. Yeah, you like, Yeah, you call this a period piece.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Were you worried about writing such a bold character in it coming off as cliche or offensive both. Okay. Um,
3: and I think that's why Randy really needed to have that soliloquy mm-hmm. towards the end yeah. um, to explain like because I mean I, th- I was also in the Bible how like the funny thing I noticed even like oh, I'll hark back to mad Men one more time that was 50 years ago, but people really haven't changed that much mm-hmm. and or at least like deep down they haven't changed that much. And I think that's an important message to get across like you can have someone lost in the 80s but then realize, oh, there is a message here like, you know, that's if I didn't like this episode, that's at least a reason to watch it so.
2: Yeah, it was great that you put that soliloquy in there, because I do think without that soliloquy, it would, it would come across differently you know I I even
6: like his his exchange with Sam really show like he's a real like he's a hard worker and Mm he's just like hustling (laughs) he's an awesome character (laughs) yeah
3: yeah. and Mac initially I think hired him to influence Sam and I think you can see towards the end of the pilot he did Mm
6: -hmm. yeah because
3: she finds out that he deserves that job and Mm -hmm. he works his he works his butt off and she's like okay Mac was right I can learn something from him and I need to apologize and then she sees the steroids and
1: yeah, yeah. you know, have, There's this perfect. really interesting thing that you do throughout, where you kind of like tease something that might be cliche, and then it ends up being much mm-hmm. deeper. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I thought the first really cool example of that was with the AA batteries, and it was really yeah. funny because I was at the gym and I saw it, and I was like, maybe I'm just immature. Uh, but when you did the batteries thing, I was like, is he trying to like make it look like he has a big dick? Like, <laughs> oh, like no, that's no. not <laughs> what I thought of. And I was like, but they're AA batteries. Double a. I was like This is not, yeah. I was like, what's no. going on here? And then it read to <laughs> the thing. It was like, oh, the you know with Marge. But then there's all these other things with with uh, Randy, which I, we just talked about, but then Ken and Louie also. Mm-hmm. You have these guys that kind of come off as cliche douchebags, but then you have this really quick moment oh, into man. their life where mm-hmm. you're like, holy shit, this is yeah. yeah. people. And I a think, real person.
3: Yeah, and I think Ken and Louie are mirror images of Mac on one side and on the other. Mm-hmm. Like, Ken is yeah. Mac's narcissistic, mm-hmm. vain possibility, yeah. and Louis is the possibility of Mac just stop giving a shit about right
1: Yeah. so I just think that's really cool how you did that. They, they come off as, like, maybe two-dimensional, and they're just so deep. Uh, they all kind of come Thank together you. at the end. Yeah.
0: Did yeah. you ever consider? I just interrupted you, right? Oh, that's fine. To. Oh, I was just gonna say a quick thing wow. on yeah.
3: Lyle. Uh, so that yeah, so that Lyle's just so socially paralyzed that he needed to force himself to talk to Marge, even if he had to lie. Like he mm-hmm. couldn't mm-hmm. just go up to her because mm-hmm. no. he just doesn't have it yet. It
4: was a good nice, though. So, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I it's so endearing, really and yeah. she obviously finds it the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she because she calls out yeah. Hank. Louis and Hank for being douchebags.
0: Yeah. It's definitely a character world. Like, it's like a world that we'll tune in because we want to see where these characters go. Right. Um, that being said, did you ever consider a
3: sixty-page draft of this? Because like that has come up as well, and I did. And um, part of the second episode would leak into the pilot. Um, but yeah, I basically had where if Mac, if Sam is so mad at Mac, Mac's like, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I Guess I'll do steroids. Yeah, and um, but I mean, I would have to develop that a lot further. Because I then you just, can't
0: just totally, like, you look at things like orange, and mm-hmm. granted, there's also, like, transparent. I, I guess there's no real rules anymore. <laughs> Good stuff is yeah. selling, yeah. but yeah. I just, um, it's funny because it. And sometimes I read it and it feels like uh, funny drama and sometimes I read it and it feels like a um, dramatic comedy yeah. so I've wondered if you've ever toyed with format at all with the pilot but.
3: Cause, uh, yeah I'll get feedback saying like you gotta pick a lane and make it a comedy or a drama but what I'm seeing here is Mm-mm. especially Orange is the New Black like it's there's some dramatic elements and okay. um, I mean that's I don't know if you guys have read the book Orange is the New Black but what the creator got from that story and put it like she did a fantastic job Mm -hmm. and uh, it's just stuff like that where it's like well look at what they're doing and
0: yeah I think like you're smart to approach it from like an issues based perspective of like what is the 80s because I think that's what's gonna to me that's why the pilot's a sell Um, I mean I'm flattering you but that's you
1: you got it it's great I could
3: always use a boost
4: (laughs) have you seen Wentworth no, I haven't. It's the Australian version of Orange is the New Black, and okay. it was actually from the same book, but it was done before Orange is the New Black, okay. but because Orange is the New Black is here in the U.S., it's right. much bigger, Yeah. but it's more dramatic. Mm. It's so much better. Really? But? Orange is the New Black. Is that and they still That's have slightly comedic parts, because the show itself, like you see women in prison, and there's obviously going to be characters that are funny, mm-hmm. to be... To bring that drama so that it's not so tense all the time. But it's really neat. And I think that this, this is much more comedy than Wentworth is. Mm. But mm. but if you like that and you like Oranges and New Black, watch a couple episodes of that. Cause I think that could help you decide if you want to stick with the half hour or go for the full hour. Okay.
3: Sweet. Cause it's
4: really like, I mean, especially since you really have been talking about Oranges and New Black, it's right. it's it's on that same thing, except this more dramatic. Have any, has anyone not seen no. it? Mm-hmm. No. Oh, is it as big
3: of an ensemble? <laughs>
4: what? Yep, watch okay. the first episode. If right. you're not hooked in the first episode. You won't be, but you will be. I've seen it eight times. And just on a
5: personal note, who's ever telling you to make this like to stick a lane to either do comedy or drama? That's not life. (laughs) You find drama and comedy in in, in every aspect of life. life. So I I like what you did here. I did. Thanks, great. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's yeah. I mean, like maybe ten years ago, you would have had to, but I don't think in this market you need to anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And I, I see like so many of these writers that have made it and. I think what's going on is they know the rules so well, they know exactly how to break them. And yeah. that's where you're like, I know I can get away with this and it's going to work. And right. I mean, a lot comes out from first draft to production, but its I, I, I can see that essence in, in these stories.
0: Do you, That being said, do you have a perfect network you could picture this on? Do you picture streaming or... Maybe
3: streaming. Um, it, it would depend. Like, Like something like HBO, it would need to be... Punched up big mm-hmm. time, yeah, um, for sure. But I, I mean, like Californication on Showtime, yeah. I was really impressed with that show and the characters. I mean, that's more just like if you like Hank Moody and you sympathize with him because he's not the jackass he appears to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, any network right now, be- <laughs>
0: <laughs> of course. Um, do you have any questions for us about um, our read or?
3: This is great. This is <laughs> no, I yeah. I'm sorry about the air
1: conditioning. Yes.
3: Yes. Oh, that's why right. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't my brow too much. <laughs>
1: for those watching, you might notice that we're a bit
0: brown.
6: <laughs> Shiny. <laughs> yeah, this that
3: is the deep part.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. You yeah, were right. just yeah. getting into the show. The world. Yes,
0: uh, well, Jerry, thanks for being here. We so appreciate it. And if you write more, send them my way, because I want to see what happens with these characters. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you. And
3: thank you for having me. I appreciate You guys, you guys all did a great job. Thank, thank
0: you. you. Thank you. Got it. If thank you. you want to send me anything else, please do. Let's keep in touch. It's great to have you. Awesome. Um, Well, guys, I guess that was the unproduced table read. Um, If you guys want to find me online, you can do so at Jeffrey C. Graham. Um, You can pitch me scripts there. I've been having more and more people do that. Um, Also, I do want to say that these scripts came to us for free, you guys, um, from ARA Printing. (laughs) Um, so if you that's in Burbank on Magnolia Boulevard um, and if you guys go there with the promo code table read you'll get 10% off your order so mm-hmm. it's the best place in town to print scripts that's take notes not I right. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah. don't want to see this set up. Yeah. <laughs> no worries um, and yeah guys again my name is Jeff Graham if you want to find me online you can do so at
1: Jeffrey C. Graham how about the rest of you guys uh, my name is Andrew Guy you guys can find me online at Andrew Guy.
4: And this is Lindsay. You guys can find me everywhere at Lindsay Weigner. That's L Y N D S E Y W E G N E R.
5: What's up, guys? I'm not gonna do it backwards this time. I am Timothy Mike. <laughs> so you can find me everywhere at I am Timothy Mike.
2: Hey, guys, Sheldon White. You can find me on all social media at Sheldon White too.
6: I'm Haley O'Connor. That is Haley with two Y's. If you don't use two Y's, you're not two Y's on Twitter <laughs> at no. Haley O'Connor.
2: And Jerry, how about you? I I'm,
3: if you want to give your I'll email... Below, um, uh, you can find me on Instagram at feline underscore thunder. Awesome.
0: <laughs> Follow at that At your own shit. risk. <laughs> <laughs> and um, this was on the blacklist when I found it. So yes. if um, executives are interested, they could reach you there. Or... Yes, it's still okay.
3: hosted at least for another month. Great. Um, so if one of you, anyone would like to download it. Nice. Awesome.
0: Yay. Uh, well, thanks again for being here, Jerry. Really appreciate it. And um, for those tuning in, thanks so much for being here. Um, it's a Sunday tonight, but normally yes. we tape on Fridays either at 9 a.m. or 10 a.m., depending on if we're reading a feature or a pilot. We actually are back on this Friday. I will not be there, um, but we're reading a feature by Shauna Kofet, who we've had in studio before. She brought her um, horror pilot, The Wicked Dead. and shes mm. It's going to be a bit of a different show. She's bringing a feature that's actually already going into production, but she wants one final round of notes um, from our cast. And She was great the first time, so I'm sure she'll be great this we're second. We're really excited. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really fun. Awesome. And um, Thanks for being here, guys. We'll see you on Friday at 9 a.m. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Bye.